The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome into the very first ever SB Nation NFL Show podcast. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera, and with me is RJ Ochoa from Brog and the Boys, and also from other shows on this very podcast channel. How you doing, RJ? I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing all right. All things considered, Stats. Uh, you and I have never had the chance to podcast together. I wish it was uh, under better circumstances, but I've always enjoyed getting to hear you on the Look Ahead, uh, on the second best show that SB Nation does uh, in the Oddcast, and uh, everything else that you do for Niners Nation, of course. See, here we go. I was <laughs> going to mention this before we get into the heavy stuff. I don't appreciate your continued slander of the Oddcast. I hear all the time, and I'm a little tired of it. I'll be honest, I'm a fan of the Oddcast. Um, I'm just a bigger fan of Monday Football Monday. That's that's what it comes down to, you know what I mean? Um, it's like my favorite ice cream flavor is strawberry, right? But you guys are chocolate, like a, a worthy flavor on its own, just not the best. That's okay, you know? Strawberry? You're the guy that eats the strawberry out of the Neapolitan ice cream box? That's you? I actually don't like Neapolitan, um, and I and for a long time I thought it was called Napoleon, and then I I turned fourteen or something, and I realized it wasn't. Um, but a low key underrated ice cream flavor is cotton candy. It sounds like it would be disgusting, but it's uh, it's delicious if you get a chance uh, your particular ice cream establishment. Chocolate is the only acceptable ice cream flavor, but we're gonna move on from that. The reason we're doing this podcast is because the NFL announced on Thursday that the Steelers and Titans game is not going to be played in week four. Now, we should say we're recording this midday on Thursday, so of course things can change. But, you know, here's everything that we know right now. Two more people in the Titans organization tested positive on Thursday. That's 11 total positive tests for the Titans. That's why the NFL decided to not play this game on Monday or Tuesday. There's a lot of tentacles to this thing, RJ. Just first blush reaction when you heard the news that the game is not going to be played in week four. Well, so at this point, obviously, as a culture, we're not shocked anymore by games getting canceled from a sports perspective and and the rug getting pulled out from under us. But obviously, our world is the NFL, and this is the the. I, I honestly think this is the biggest impact that the NFL has felt from COVID so far. They managed, obviously, to press on. Nothing else was really 
um, delayed in the sense that they got the draft off, they got free agency off. Obviously, there were no OTAs and mini camps, and training camp was very different. But the season has begun. We are technically into the second month of the season now, um, so it's it's certainly jarring, and and I think it's you know it causes a lot of questions. We know more than we did what seven months ago now about this in general, but. Uh, there are still lots of levels of confusion here. And, and I think that that's, that's where kind of ground zero is. What does this mean? You know, uh, who's impacted the most? What's the answer? And unfortunately, it feels like every layer to this, and this has been our lives for so long, w- when you start to answer one question, you spawn into like three more questions. It's a never-ending web of questions. Yes, and we're going to try to answer some of them today. Obviously, containment is the biggest concern at this point. Now... The NFL said that the Titans facility is going to remain closed until further notice. So obviously that will help. Um, The Vikings closed their facility on Tuesday because they played the Titans in week three, but they had zero positive tests this week. So they are reopening the facility. Everything seems to be going well for them. So that's great. The Steelers are going to practice today, which is sort of crazy because they may have a bye week this week. They don't really know what's going on to the point where Cam Hayward literally tweeted. You sent this to me before we started. Cam Hayward tweeted, man, is this a bye week or not? And he at NFLPA and at NFL, he mentioned both in the tweet. I think it's a fair point from Cam Hayward. Yeah, I mean, bye weeks are so critical for a lot of reasons. And the fact that you know, early buys suck, I think to, in general, right? Like you get your team schedule, you're like, oh, we've got the week five buy and that's terrible. And so now not only do you have your buy in week four, but you found out if it is a buy, if that's how we're classifying this on Thursday. So a lot of people, most people practiced on Wednesday. If you're the Steelers, I guess, according to Aditi Kinkabwala, you're practicing on Thursday. So you are practicing 67% of the time of your bye week. And these are these are teams, the the Steelers and the Titans, that are both undefeated through three weeks. And so I think, you know, if we had to, you know, if we had to put some some jelly beans on this or whatever, I mean, one of these teams at the very least is going to be in the playoffs. And so you're talking about they have to go now 14, 15 weeks in a row, maybe even further if they go deeper into the playoffs, if they don't have the only buy that is going to be available in the AFC. I mean, they're going to be playing football for a very, very, very long time. Um, And and we've seen a lot of teams already be battered and injured to a a super strong degree. I mean, it's it's not ideal. And I I feel like I don't know, it just it it feels very heavy for these particular teams and the situation they have to figure out themselves now. Yes, you're absolutely right about the buys. Kyle Shanahan said last year that the 49ers do not make the Super Bowl if they don't get that number one seed because the 49ers had a week four bye last year and they were so beaten up by the time that playoffs came around. If they didn't have that just that one week off, I mean, that changes the entire playoff run for them. So you're you're right. This, this is a critical thing. Obviously, the health and safety of everybody is what's most important, but there are football implications. And yeah, this is clearly one of them. Now, in terms of when this game could be rescheduled, there seems to be a fairly obvious fix in this. And it's sort of the NFL got sort of lucky with the schedule. So the Titans have a bye in week seven. Baltimore and Pittsburgh were supposed to play each other in week seven, but the Ravens have a bye in week eight. So the solution would be move Baltimore's bye week up a week Mm -hmm. and then have Pittsburgh and Tennessee play in week seven, which for the NFL, that's a pretty comfortable 
fixed because it could have been a real disaster. It could have gotten very hairy very quickly. I think that you're right. It's it's fortuitous in that this is sort of easily solvable at the expense of only one other of the other 30 teams that are not involved in this particular game. I think though, and this is what I referenced, like, you know, you, okay. So we answered this. However, now I have more questions. What if, what if this happened to, you know, the 49ers and the Rams, you know what I mean? And they didn't have this easy loophole or or not loophole, but this easy, you know, solvable sort of situation. It is definitely very fortunate, but if, you know, and we certainly hope and, and, and pray that this is the last instance this season, but we're in the first quarter technically of the season and there is now a flare up. And so I don't know if you would want to call it logic or odds or probabilities would suggest or imply that this is potentially going to be another issue. And so I think there has to be some and, and I guess what where I lean back on is. The NFL had a long time to figure out and to draw up hypotheticals. And so if this didn't come up, uh, that was a lot of time wasted. Absolutely. That is exactly what I was just about to say. They sort of had a time machine when it came to COVID because they got to stand back and see how all the other leagues dealt with it. I mean, Major League Baseball had multiple outbreaks. They had to postpone a ton of games. Really, the only way they were able to get away with it is because they could do double headers. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't be doing double headers in the NFL. So if something like this does happen again and and the schedule doesn't sort of work out nicely the way it seems to have in this scenario, there could be a real issue because then what do you do? I mean, do you have some teams that don't play 16 games? I mean, you can't do that, can you? I, I don't even know what the solution would be. I I know that, and you mentioned it, Stats, the most important thing is that everybody stays healthy and everybody you know socially distances and everybody self-quarantines, it's been affected. But there are football implications, as you said. And my other question is, I mean, okay, so let's say we kick this game out to week eight. I mean, we are talking about two undefeated teams. And I mean, I don't know. I I do listen to the podcast. I know you guys are are not necessarily super believers in the Titans. But are the Titans not the favorite in the AFC South at the moment? And I know that the Baltimore Ravens are still the Baltimore Ravens. But the Pittsburgh Steelers are the only undefeated team in the AFC North. And, you know, and the Cowboys are obviously going to beat the Browns on Sunday, Um, even though you disagreed with that assertion. Uh, I agree with Brandon, by the way, on the way Survivor picks work, uh, just just to, you know, get that out there. But anyway, I mean... (laughs) If if the Steelers win the AFC North, which is possible, I know there are a lot of Ravens fans. I mean, you're talking about now this game being played at a very different time. What if, you know, one player gets injured in week seven or something that that changes the way this game would have happened had it been played in week four or whatever the case may be? You know, X team is without Y player. And so that led to Z result and that influenced AFC standings in this manner. I know those are trivial things, but they impact and affect a lot of people and it's going to be a real data point come December, January. Yeah. I mean, imagine playing the 49ers week one and then playing them week two or week three. I mean, how many guys went down in an injury? You're the entire face of your team can change. The sequencing of opponents is critical. And I mean, maybe you just have to throw up your hands and say, look, this is not going to be like every other season. Right. It's going to be unfair for some teams deal with it. Um, but I mean, the NFL has seemed so determined to sort of push forward with business as usual that I'd be surprised if they suddenly threw their hands up now and said, there's nothing we can do. 
Well, and I think that that's been the most interesting thing so far in the sort of post time that we've been living in this this particular world with the Titan Steelers game getting postponed. Um, like even as you and I are recording, just you know, it's about noon Eastern time, and lots of like practice reports coming out across the NFL, and it's like you know this gigantic thing is happening for for two teams, two undefeated teams. And it's like business as normal and as usual. Like, you know, how do you plan on beating the Jaguars or whatever for, you know, teams across the NFL? It's a very, very strange thing. But I think you're right. I think it's it's impossible to establish a uniform situation across the NFL. It, it just it simply is because the way COVID works is it affects different areas and different people and uh, outbreak can happen anywhere and everywhere. And it's it's all, you know, completely subjective. And so, I mean, it's it's just that's the season, right? I mean, like the Tampa Bay Lightning just won the Stanley Cup and it's they won the very unique season that this has presented. And the NFL has already sort of established that they're kind of okay with different rules for different teams. I mean, just look at the teams that can have fans in the stands and can't. I mean, the, mm-hmm. They came out and said, oh, it doesn't even really matter, which is bogus, by the way. We all know it matters. But so they've already maybe set a little bit of a precedent by saying, hey, different teams can have fans in the stands and, and things can be different that way. So maybe that gives them a little leeway to say tough tough toenails basically deal with it uh stats i have a question for you and this um everything about this episode is is behind the curtain and so uh, a step into that this was not on our rundown um obviously the nfl had its opt-out period i mean just do you think it's fair to open that up i mean for titans players for steelers players for vikings players uh the team that played the titans last week because obviously the variables have changed and so I think it's it's fair to at least ask the question. So there's two parts to that, right? There's the, first of all, you're a grown man. If you don't want to do something, don't do it. You sure. can, any player can say, I'm not doing this. It's not worth the risk. You know, look, when circumstances change, you, you're free to change your mind. You have to reevaluate your decisions. Now, whether the NFL is going to make concessions when it comes to contracts and finances, that's a totally different question i would like to say that the nfl can find some humanity and say yes they should let people do that but the nfl isn't exactly known for their understanding in these kind of instances so i i have to say i don't see them being flexible there i and and that's where like cam hayward's tweet is is a fair point and that's different than than this particular question but i mean so if you're cam hayward i mean not the youngest player in the nfl and and cam hayward's awesome but okay so now i have to go you know all these players have strictly regimented routines and and their bodies are adjusted and normalized to this particular way of doing things and so not only is it thrown out of whack but now it's going to be incredibly taxed for four straight months playing a game in extremely volatile conditions, let alone to the unseen enemy of, of COVID. I mean, it's it's fair to be concerned. Oh, absolutely. And and maybe the NFL says, look, you all knew when you agreed right. to play this season that there could be flare-ups. So now we're not going to let you back out when this is exactly something that we allowed you to consider earlier in the year. Uh, that's Man, that is rough, though, because, it, I mean, what if they get multiple outbreaks on multiple teams at the same time? Right now, they're sort of lucky that this is centralized to the Titans, but we could see multiple teams have flare-ups, and that completely changes the decision-making process, at least it would for me. 
So it'd be tough of the NFL to just say, oh, well, you knew this might happen. I hate to make it all about the football of it, too. But I mean, so I, I think Mike Vrabel is I don't know if I think he's an underrated coach, but I think he's a good head coach that doesn't get credit for that. Right. I think a lot of people look at him as this just whatever. And this, and I think people look at the Titans that way in general. But I mean, I don't know. Say the Titans go 12 and four win the AFC South say Mike Vrabel is in contention for coach of the year, right? So like now you're talking about this particular instance, like dramatically changed his career, right? I mean, like, I'm, and I'm not saying he would not have accomplished that if not for this situation, but not like all these narratives, the, the, the narrative of football has changed particularly for the tight for the Titans and for the Steelers because of this situation. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, maybe he wins comeback player of the year because of, of a certain circumstance or a certain situation. I mean, that's, he's, he's a, like, we have yet to see this. Um, you know, we have yet to see a quarterback. We didn't see any quarterbacks opt out, but Ben Roethlisberger is coming off an injury himself. And now he's going to have to go all this time without a bye week in the middle of it. I mean, that to to change your bye week from week eight to week four on a dime is really, 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 uh, really, really weird. Without question. And by the way, do we still know what operation Ben Roethlisberger had? He had surgery <laughs> on an arm. You have to watch um, the YouTube show stats to, to know. He had the, the four episode YouTube series and, you know, he lets you know that he he was hurt. That's what he wants you to know. Oh, Ben always wants you to know when he's hurt. He <laughs> Don't worry about that. He will let you know that he's hurt what hurts, how hurt he was, and most importantly, how tough he is for playing while he was hurt. Well, then he'll definitely tell us in week eight that it was a very, very, very in intense, and it is a very intense thing. I don't want to belittle what they're going through by any means. Um, I, I do, I mean, you, you brought up how maybe the NFL would tell the players, you knew when you signed up, when you didn't opt out, et cetera, that this was a possibility. If I was an NFL player, I'm not, uh, for the record, I would say, okay, well, you knew this was a possibility. What's the plan? Because, because if if those are the rules of engagement that I was supposed to know this was a possibility, so were you. What did you plan for it? I, I don't think the plan was, you know, because I think it, it should have at least been said in the meetings and discussions about this. Okay, what if we find out on a Thursday while a team is preparing for a game? We It's not conceivable to just, you know, say that's their bye week. But maybe to your point, Stats, it's, it's just a matter of saying nothing can necessarily always be conceivable. That is our new normal. Well, you bring up a good point, though. Do we need to hear from Roger Goodell and the league on this? Do we need to hear from them? Should they say... This is what we're doing in this situation, which, like I said, as we know, we know the game is not going to be played in week four. We don't know when it's going to be rescheduled yet. But do we need to hear from them saying, OK, look, we've seen a, an outbreak right now. Here's our plan going forward if this happens. I know there's a lot of hypotheticals, but in general, it might be good for them to come up with at least a basic framework of protocols in case another outbreak happens. I, for one, think that maybe they should. Just to, just to sort of quell some of the things you're talking about, just to make people think that, okay, we're prepared, we're not doing this by the seat of our pants, and we're going to get a season in because we have thought ahead to these possibilities. No, I, I totally think that that's necessary because you mentioned how the NFL is fortunate that 
there's this kind of quick fix situation that involves the Ravens and, and moving that around. They're also fortunate that, um, and no disrespect to the Pittsburgh Steelers by any means, this didn't happen to two gigantic teams. And again, no disrespect to the Tennessee Titans either. You know, if this had happened to the Packers and the 49ers, for example, I think it's it's a bigger deal on Twitter because I think more people are, like, I, I can't speak for your Twitter timeline stats, but it feels like, again, people are like, oh, that's crazy that that's happening. But there's Thursday night football on tonight between the Broncos and the Jets, you know? And I think they're also fortunate that this game, think about how heavily hyped up last week's Monday Night Football game was between the Ravens and the Chiefs. Like this, this was not a primetime game. This was not a, you know, a game that featured, you know, uh, CBS's number one broadcast. I, I believe I could be wrong, actually, or, you know, anything of that sort. This was just kind of your normal afternoon game that you see a little, you know, a couple of seconds of on the Red Zone channel every now and then. And I think that's why people are outside of Steelers and Titans fans kind of whatever about it. But the reality is that is this is a gigantic deal. And I, I think it merits Roger Goodell and the NFL speaking up and, and kind of addressing in that circumstance. And I think it's also helped by the fact that Mike Vrabel didn't test positive. Ryan Tannehill didn't test positive. You know, it wasn't the biggest name guys for the Titans. Not that that makes it any less important. Just because you're not a star player, you know, we want to stress that. It's it's terrible that anybody has it. But I think that people are not really understanding some of the ripple effects of this because it's not on their radar because it's not the guys that they know that are on their fantasy team that have tested positive. I think to that idea... Uh, to to rewind our world seven or so months, the the Tom Hanks moment, right? Like that, I feel like the Tom Hanks moment was the moment that so many people, at least in our country, were like, "Whoa, Tom Hanks has!" You know what I'm saying? And and that's a different thing that 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 puts it in a different place for a lot of people. And I think that that happened. And you're right; it's one one positive is too many positives. And and again, we're, we're hopeful and prayerful that everybody is healthy and gets healthy. But um, but I think that's why there isn't this mass chaos sort of, you know, like fallout from it uh, across the other 30 NFL teams, because they're unaffected in that particular capacity. The Tom Hanks moment was definitely an eye opener for a lot of people. And I think the other one was when the NBA shut down their season. And I say that because at that time I was at NBC producing pro football talk with Mike Florio. And when the NBA shut down their season, we did the show the next day on the NBA shutting down their season. We did pro football talk on the NBA canceling their season. That was an eye opener. And that was the NBA. It's unquestionable that the NFL has a much, much, much bigger audience and bigger influence than the NBA. So I think a lot of people are going to be looking to the NFL to see how they handle this. If they, I think, were to, not that they would do this, but if they were to, let's say, shut down the season for the whole week and cancel all the games for the week, I think that would be an eye-opener to a lot of people like, hey, we're not anywhere close to the end of this thing. We need to still be vigilant because we could still have outbreaks. You bring up an interesting hypothetical stats, and I will say, you know, when the, the Rudy Gobert moment is obviously, you know, a seminal moment in, in our oh. life now. Um, but it's it is and it, this just speaks to how, you know, people in, in our world and our culture are just living through this now. I mean, two teams are now at the point where they are not going to play yet. Literally on the same day that that news came out, there is Thursday, not, not just football in general, but primetime football um, <laughs> happening. That That is, I mean, that is nothing short of amazing. But the the hypothetical you sort of birthed in my mind, is there merit to saying, you know what, we're just going to pause the season a week? 
and that, and we're just going to push everything back a week to, to accommodate the Steelers and the Titans uh, in, in the efforts of, of maintaining as much uniformity and, and as much normalization as possible. This is just week 3.5 week four. We'll be here next week and we'll just kind of adjust from there. But then do they see again, like you, you nailed it earlier. So that seemingly is an answer, right? And but then here come more questions because then what about everybody else's bye week? Do you now lose all the bye weeks? Sure. How does that work? Um, but it and is. What if it happens again? Problem. Yeah, for sure. My question is, if you're going to do that, do you have to do it for two weeks? Because supposedly, if you're symptom free for 14 days, then you're in the clear. I don't know, but I I, I understand what you're saying there. Canceling the whole week. I mean, that's a way for the NFL to say, look, we're going to be extra cautious. We're going to shut this thing down. Everybody take the week off and we reconvene. So, and to that point, and I'm sure that's everybody listening has had a friend text them or, or something and talk about the 14 day point right at this point. And so are, is next week's Titans Bills game in jeopardy next week's Steelers Eagles game in jeopardy because I don't think we can just assume, okay, all we have to do is, you know, a couple of like, you know, movements here, whatever, and put this game in week eight and adjust the Ravens, because what if that happens? I mean, now you're really, really affecting things. Um, looking at things, the bills here, their bye week, uh, as an example, as to how crazy this can get, um, their bye is week 13, I think. Um, I could be wrong. I'm, I'm kind of looking at this, you know, uh, off the top of my head, but that that might not land as easily from a math perspective is my point. And, and you're you're not out of the woods just because you can solve this particular game with a bye week in week seven. Yeah, that's the more we talk about this, the more I feel like we have to hear from the league. Mm -hmm. Tell us what is going to be going on. Tell us what is going to be happening because there are just too many questions here. And like you said, you had plenty of time to come up with contingencies. You should have something ready, something of roughs framework i mean you've got a zillion heads there that you could huddle up at at 345 park avenue or two whatever the hell the address is <laughs> show us show us that you've at least considered the possibility of this and you didn't just say we're doing the season we're plowing ahead and everything's going to be fine yeah and everybody obviously brings up what you did stats that this isn't baseball that you can just say oh we'll just have the titans play the steelers after they play the texans or whatever <laughs> um but but again that was a a known data point when you should have had these conversations, you obviously have a unique sport. I, I would, I mean, if I was the NFL, I would consult the EPL because that that's the closest thing to a timeline perspective. And they seem to have, you know, they, they finished last season. They're already obviously onto this new season. That is, that is the first call I would make and say, what is y'all's contingency plan? And can we copy that homework? Because we need to right now. So there's one thing more on this in this sort of vein I want to ask you about that you just popped into my head because when you talk about other leagues and the NFL seeking advice plus there's another angle to this story that we haven't touched on yet that literally affects millions of people so I'm going to do that after the break we are back here on the emergency Titan Steelers podcast here on the SB Nation NFL show and RJ you were talking before we went to break about the NFL seeking advice from other sports leagues who have sort of gone through this. And you made me wonder, you know, the NBA went to a bubble and I don't think they had a single positive test the whole season. It was incredible. Do you think that the NFL can go to some sort of bubble? Maybe if just for the playoffs. So the, 
the closest um, domestic sport that the NFL situation mirrors is Major League Baseball, right? Because they didn't have a bubble. They continued to travel. Um, and they obviously experienced positive cases, right? Like the, the Marlins thing is, is well chronicled and well documented. And so that makes sense, right? Like if this is going to follow the same sort of trajectory, you're, you're going to kind of experience these um, this, this bit of turbulence. And so and to that point, baseball's got their playoff bubbles, right? Their localizations. I think it totally makes sense. I think at, at the very least from a playoff perspective, um, and it wouldn't be fair, you know, but again, the uniqueness of this year and there are already no fans to a certain degree, but it makes sense to say like, you you know, it's week 12, it's Thanksgiving, whatever. And you look at the teams that are mathematically eliminated, teams that play in domes, whatever the case may be. And you say, okay, the NFC wildcard game, we're going to hold it in, um, I don't know, uh, we're going to hold it in Minnesota. If, if, the, if the Vikings are still collapsing, Minnesota Vikings yeah, I mean, the you know what I'm saying? And, and you just say, we're going to do it that way because it's, it's the smartest thing. Um, obviously it's hard to localize bubbles. Um, I, I mean, I cover the Cowboys for SB nation and the Cowboys are, are fortunate that they have the star, their amazing facility in Frisco, but they did kind of bubble up themselves. And that was a player led thing. They, and I know that the saints did that as well, uh, to a degree. I mean, that's that's your I don't want to say your best shot, but that's that's the closest thing you can do to emulate it mid season is you can say, OK, all of our players, we are going to bubble and we're just going to go from our bubble to another bubble when we travel. I do wonder if and we talked people talked about this with the NBA, too, if there is some sort of bubble happening, if you're sort of on the fringe of maybe making it. There's a really very real aspect to this saying, I don't want to be away from my kids and family and everything for this long. Not saying that you would tank, but maybe you're going all out, do anything to win instinct isn't doesn't quite kick in in that scenario. Yeah, I know a lot of people said, you know, during the NBA playoffs and obviously that we're at the finals now, but, you know, when teams were down 3-1 or whatever, you know, the, the psychological element is introduced of, we're down three one. I, you know, and my dog agrees. By the way, um, <laughs> at least with my take, that you know, it becomes a factor of okay, it, it's different than if you're down three one in normal circumstances. Because I mean, after having been in a bubble for however long at that point, I, I, mean, I haven't been in a bubble myself, but I, I would imagine it wears on you to the point that you know, it again, it's it's a variable to some degree. It'd be so hard to get. I mean, there's so many people involved with an NFL team setting aside players just coaches and equipment staff and all that to bubble all those people i mean it would be an incredibly difficult task but i will say when millions of dollars are at stake the nfl is pretty willing to go to extreme measures to make sure they make their money yeah i mean you look at the way they have fined coaches and this happens this this particular story the the week that the raiders are under some scrutiny for the charity dinner i believe they went to um and and so and i i think this underscores the precautions they're taking if anybody's you know watching their you know whatever game you know tonight's broncos jets game and saying you know it do, do the do the sideline reporters really have to be in the stands you know et cetera yeah that this is literally why, I mean, because this can happen and, and we're not out of the woods by any means here yet. Um, it's, it's, I, I find it amazing uh, that, that there is a game on tonight. I mean, um, and, and to your point, I mean, the league talking about it, if there's not some devotion, like that would be the time, right? Like the pregame or the halftime of Thursday night football for Roger Goodell to have some sort of state of the union. Look, there's literally a football game either about to happen or happening right now. And I know you all have questions. Here are my answers. 
you're right. I didn't think of that. Halftime is a perfect opportunity for that to happen. And let's be honest, it'd probably be the most exciting thing that's going to happen tonight because that game is going to be terrible. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Derek Carr, and you got to let me take an aside here. I know this wasn't on our rundown, like you said, but his quotes about what happened with the Raiders being at that charity event, they drive me nuts. He said, quote, at the end of the day, we were there. I mean, shoot, guys, I've been having dinner and dates with my wife at my house. I haven't taken her out to eat all season. You know, there's a lot of kids running around my house and I think she's ready for a date night. Hey, Derek, we're all ready for a date night. Okay, I've got a six year old and a six month old. You don't think I'm ready for a night out dinner and a movie? Give me a break. You get millions of dollars to take care of your body. And that includes not putting yourself in a situation where not only could you get COVID or you could spread it to an untold number of people, teammates. Give it a rest, Eric. Shut up with that. Tough. I'm sorry. Tough. You can have gourmet meals at your house anytime you want. Sorry you can't go out to a charity event. Like that just drove me nuts. No, and and I mean, you know. There's obviously a good purpose to charity events, you know, charity being it. And and so there's nobility to that. And and that should be acknowledged. But you're right. The, the quote, at, at the very least, does not look great. Um, so I'm a I'm a Manchester United supporter stats. I don't know if you knew that about me. Um, and and so Marcus Rashford, uh, who plays for United, um, I saw wore his mask um, after after one of the matches and doing his postgame interview. And I, I, I read an article about how EPL players are not required to do that necessarily in their postgame press conferences. Um, and I saw this on Reddit, so I don't know that it was necessarily intentional, but somebody was saying, I don't know if this was intentional from Marcus or not, but at the very least, it sets a good example that he's wearing his mask in this moment because he's seen by so many people. He plays for Manchester United, et cetera. And so at the very least, Derek Carr's comment, you know, is is damaging in that particular regard. Again, at the very, very, very least. Yeah. And I know charity events are great, but you know what? All these guys make a ton of money. They can donate it without having to go to an event anytime they want. I'm sure these organizations would be, would be willing to accept one of those giant cardboard checks with a huge donation from any NFL player. So I, I get worked up because that drives me nuts. We're all in the same boat, Derek. We know that this stuff, that this sucks, but you got to do the right thing for everybody. And they didn't do it in this instance. Now, I mentioned another tentacle to this story that affects millions of people. And we intentionally saved it for last because we acknowledge it is the least important facet of this story. But this is a football show. We look at things from a football perspective. And RJ, when it comes to fantasy this week, there's a lot of people that are going to be impacted by no Titans players and no Steelers players in week four. Yes, Dad. So um, I'm in four fantasy leagues myself. Nobody cares. I realize that. Um, <laughs> I, I care about your fantasy leagues, though, Stats. Um, but this is a, a, a thing, right? And so I, I'm going to answer this and tell you what we did in my league because I think that that's maybe helpful um, and, and tell you where I wish we had, what I wish we had done. So we added... Uh, we play on ESPN. That's our preferred site. Um, only because SB Nation does not have a site to play fantasy on. Of course. But um, so we we added extra injured reserve spots for this season under the assumption that if a player tested positive or whatever happened, they would be given the IR or out designation and we could put them in those particular spots. And we all agreed to only utilize these spots if and when this became a situation. Obviously, we didn't 
anticipate an entire game getting canceled even though or postponed even though we should have uh but i have thought of what i think might be a potential solution if you are in your league or you run a league or whatever so stats say we're in a league and you've got derrick henry you're upset right you're you know and you you want everybody to be healthy but from a fantasy perspective you're upset I think the quick fix, because you're saying I don't have another option on my bench. I had Saquon, you know, whatever. Uh, I need somebody and I want to add them off of the waiver wire, but I don't want to have to drop somebody else because of this. That's not fair. I think that you should drop Derrick Henry and everybody should agree Derrick Henry is statses. He's just putting him out into the pool for now because this is a very unique situation and set of circumstances. And when the time is right, stats will go back and pick Derrick Henry up. I think that's that's not a great idea, but I think it's the best idea, all things considered. That's you're really relying on the people you play with to to sure. not pick up Derrick Henry. Yeah, I mean, and some people play with like random people online. This is this is assuming you have a level of camaraderie within your league. But other than that, I mean, you're kind of like these teams, right? I mean, you're kind of just having to figure it out as you go along, which is unfortunate. But again, that is our current reality. I mean, you were expecting Derrick Henry to have a bye week at some point. It just got moved up. So, I mean, you could make the argument it's a weird year, tough, but it, it is going to affect a lot of people because I mean, millions of people play fantasy and you're going to have to make some adjustments this week. Uh, speaking of adjustments, this is happening to the Titans and the Steelers, who are coached by probably two of the biggest football guys in the entire league. And you saw something from Mike Tomlin that it just illustrates that these guys are not going to deviate from that mentality. Yeah, so this happened while we were recording to, again, add perspective to when this was happening. Um, Brooke Pryor, who covers the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, tweeted out a Mike Tomlin quote. He was asked about the potential of playing 13 straight weeks, which will be the case, assuming this is their established bye week. And he said, we do not care. So <laughs> you you tell us where to show up, stats on Sunday, what stadium, what, what cleats to wear. We're going to play football. We're not going to live in our fears, right? That's the Mike Tomlin line. But I think that's part of it too, right? The NFL is sort of lucky in this instance that they have guys in Tomlin and Vrabel who are, that's the line they're going to give. We don't care. We're dealing with it. What if you had a coach say, this is totally unfair. This is complete garbage. We It, it totally ruins our season. It upsets everything. It's an unfair thing that no other team we think hopefully is going to have to deal with. Like if they were making a bigger stink out of this, that would be another problem that the NFL would have to deal with. Yeah, I know a lot of people always say, like, I wish my coach after the game would say, we sucked and we were terrible and, you know, <laughs> blah, blah. And this is kind of, this is that sort of same thing, but in a way more serious way. It would, it would, I think, actually help the established or necessary established urgency if Mike Tomlin or Mike Vrabel were to, you know, at least have some, and may, maybe that's just public quotes and maybe behind the scenes and in the like head coach WhatsApp, you know, they're all like, this sucks <laughs> and this is terrible. And and because they would be totally right and, and completely, you know, validated to feel that way. It, it's, it's a completely new season that they have to adjust to in a manner of hours. You're totally right, by the way. There definitely is an NFL head coach's WhatsApp for sure. I mean, even just doing a radio show for 15 years like I have, there's always two shows. There's a show that goes on on the air, and there's a show that goes on behind the scenes. And let me just tell you from personal experience, the show that goes on behind the scenes is always better. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it just is. Yeah, Stat sent me a photo of his lunch while we were recording. He texted to me, and seven courses, um, I mean – 
very, very well prepared. I'm proud of you, man. I mean, I'm jealous. Look, I can't go out on date nights, man. I got to adjust, <laughs> right? I'm not yeah. Derek Carr. I'm well, you can, I'm, like, you should get, like, a freezer or, like, a cooler stats and get some dry ice and package it together and mail it to the cars. You know what I mean? And say, like, here you can have date night at the car household on stats. Yeah, I mean, if anybody needs a little help and a little pampering, it's millionaire athletes. I think we can both agree on that. Totally, 100%, especially in Las Vegas. <laughs> so we have tried to cover as many tentacles with this story as we can. Um, and there always seems to be something new that's popping up. And before we go, RJ, you let me know about just an additional layer that makes this story even crazier. And it's something that you're really going to have to think of when it comes to containment, because it's not just the players and coaches that you have to worry about when it comes to the spread of COVID. Totally. So the Tennessee Titans played the Minnesota Vikings last week. Shout out to, uh, shout out to Steven Hauschka for the six field goals from a sockless perspective. And um, so a lot of people had a lot of questions about the Vikings, right? And thankfully to at least the timing of this recording, they have had no positive tests, which is great news. Um, and so everybody thought this kind of ended there. Wrong, because players stay in hotels when they travel, you know, to away games, and then they're they're shuttled or they're bussed in groups to the stadium uh, that they play at, etc. And so the Tennessee Titans were bussed, and the bus driver, according to NFL Network's Tom Pelissero, who drove the Titans while they were in Minnesota, also drove the Houston Astros, who just swept the Minnesota Twins. Um, so, I mean, if you're wondering how that happens, I mean, these, you know, there's bus companies, you know, that rent out their buses and things like that. So uh, an unfortunate common denominator there, uh, according to Tom Pelissero, after the Titans situation, the Astros removed the driver and a statement from an MLB spokesman, we are aware of the situation and are comfortable that all of our health and safety protocols have been followed. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this this goes everywhere, um, uh, all over the state of Minnesota, at the very least. Yeah, and by the way, the MLB statement does not make me feel any better about this. We're talking about a league that at one point literally let the players decide if they were going to play after a COVID-19 outbreak. So forgive me if I don't just take the MLB a blind faith. And, you know, the MLB had had gotten here, right? I mean, if you're if you're Major League Baseball, you're thinking like, what are you doing, NFL? We, we were good. We just, we established our playoff bubbles and here you come, you know, doing your stuff. Uh, it really is unfortunate. And, and, but it goes to the point or it, it says to, it talks to the point about how this can happen from any direction that, that you just possibly cannot even imagine. So look, there's a lot of different angles to this. There's a lot of unanswered questions. Uh, hopefully we have answered some of them for you or at least provided a little bit of guidance in terms of what questions you want answered. I would say, RJ, I don't know if you agree with this, but the three main takeaways from today are one, this is a huge deal. Two, we haven't seen all the ripple effects of what's going to happen because of this. And three, it would be really good for the NFL to announce some sort of plan, possibly as soon as tonight, halftime of Thursday night football. I totally agree. Uh, I remember back on Monday night football when they first previewed the star Wars episode, uh, was it seven trailer? Um, and that was like everybody around the world gathered to watch that. Well, everybody in the NFL world can gather to watch Roger Goodell speak at halftime. Uh, the only thing I would add to this whole conversation stats is from a Titans and Steelers perspective, because there's obviously going to be more questions and uh, more situations happening with those two teams as far as when this game is. You know, we, we are we're speculating about this week seven, week eight fix. Uh, but MusicCityMiracles.com for all of our Titans coverage at SB Nation and BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all of our Pittsburgh 
Steelers coverage, they will, of course, keep you updated on everything that happens with these teams and how their players are reacting and, and all the news as it pertains to those organizations. And you can, shameless plug here, you can always get... <laughs> Most up-to-date news and notes from the SB Nation NFL show. We're we're going to try and do as many of these emergency pods as we can when news does break. But there is a new show coming out every weekday, so you'll also be updated on that front. We're, we're here for you. So hopefully we'll have you covered as much NFL info as you want. He's RJ Ochoa. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero. Thanks for joining us, and hopefully you can enjoy the rest of week four.